You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. Hi, it's Rob Brown here of the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is our show where we bring influencers from all over the world and talk about what's happening in the world of accounting and finance and fintech. I'm thrilled to have with me today a true influencer from the United States, Terrell Turner. Good day, sir. Hey, thank you for having me. Terrell, you've got a quite a reputation in this game and it's building all the time. Tell us a little bit about your world and what you do. Yeah, so I, probably like many people, started off in technical accounting, worked in public accounting, did that for some time and um, that really wasn't the best fit for me. I mean, great experience of learning a lot of stuff and worked for a couple of Fortune 500 companies and really started to build out my own brand and launch my own firm. And, you know, we've been enjoying the ride and the global recognition and the opportunities to really work with so many different businesses. And what kind of shape do you feel the accounting, the CPA profession is in right now? There's a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, th there's a ton going on. I, I, I always look at it from, I guess you say, the evolution of the industry to where, you know, starting off, people really need to understand, you know, the numbers. So we really did a lot of work in the background. But now with the advancement of technology and just the higher demand that people place on the accounting department, like we got to come to the front line a lot more in the business and really helping drive decisions and influence, you know, what direction, you know, organizations go. So the shift is that we can no longer sit in the back room. We got to come to the front line and we got to get more involved in, you know, just about every aspect of the business. And so that's a huge shift, I think, across the board for all of us. And Terrell, you have a, a very public platform. You're the CEO of a New York Times recognized CPA firm. You're at 40 under 40 black CPA recognized. So you've got that influence there. You're a globally recognized finance influence. So you have a platform. What is your vision? What kind of things do you talk about with this privileged position that you've earned, but a lot of people are listening to you? Yeah. So one of the things that I talk about is, you know, really us being more involved outside of just, you know, doing numbers, you know, crunching the numbers, but actually engaging in conversations about, hey, what's actually going on in the business? Like, what decisions are, you know, business leaders thinking about? And I often encourage whether you're a bookkeeper, whether you're an accountant, a CFO is, you should understand, like, what's the overall strategy that the business is aiming for? And if you're not engaging in those conversations, then you're probably setting yourself up to be replaced by technology or to be replaced by some other resource because, you know, that's the need that businesses and organizations have. And if we aren't filling that need, they're going to go try to find it somewhere else. Now, I believe that, you know, accountants are in the best position to really add the most value. Um, but if we don't step up to add that value, then people are going to find alternatives to start replacing their reliance on the accounting department. That's a really good point. There is a threat to the accounting profession. We know that there are downward pressures on compliance fees and margins are being eroded. 
it's valued less and less by the clients that historical look that accountants traditionally have had so the the more comprehensive advisory services are now what's been valued accountants have a reputation for head down tactical technical super smart but thinking entrepreneurially developing business awareness business acumen you've got it you're a cpa firm owner but you're also an entrepreneur but i guess you're you're calling the profession to look up and look out a little bit more and think more entrepreneurially about their own business so that they can speak with credibility to their clients businesses absolutely i agree i mean because i think that in this time we all have to become entrepreneurs more than accountants. You know, <laughs> yeah. And what I tell people a lot of times, like, especially if you're running an accounting firm, it's like you're an entrepreneur first, then you have a specialty in accounting. Because when you're running the firm, like you're not just thinking about, you know, all of the technical accounting. You're thinking about like, okay, all right, are we getting clients in our firm? Like, are we actually solving problems that clients have? And then when you get into marketing for your accounting practice and you get into managing your team, it's like all of those things are not the things that they taught us in our accounting classes. So you end up having to be more of an entrepreneur and a business owner than you are an accountant. And, and I would say, honestly, that shift is a little unnerving because there's a little bit more pressure that comes with being an entrepreneur and a business owner. And, and I think that people have to be honest with themselves of saying like, hey, this is going to be a little bit of an uncomfortable shift. But if you want to be a firm owner, you have to make the shift. If you don't want to be a firm owner, then I would say find a organization that needs an accountant and add value there because it won't be as much pressure, but you will have to shift from the back room a little bit. It's just the shift isn't as big as owning your own firm. I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people that listen to our show, they are employed accountants. They're not firm owners. They don't sail their own ship. They don't see themselves as entrepreneurs. But a lot of the points you're making are valid. They've got to think more entrepreneurially, wider strategically for the firm that they represent. They've got to build their personal brand. They've got to build their client book. They've got to bring in opportunities. They've got to manage a team and lead and inspire and do all of those things that an owner has to do. So I guess right across the board, we're asking CPAs, bookkeepers, finance professionals to step up, build their influence, build their brand, and be more of a voice in the profession. Absolutely. And, and I would say even in my time of, of working, you know, in my corporate roles that I had before starting the firm, I if I could go back and do it again, I probably would have started building influence sooner. Because one of the things like when I was working for an industrial manufacturing company, and I worked with a lot of aerospace engineers, and they would ask questions often. And I noticed that I was answering the same question. So what started me to create content was I was like, instead of answering the same question over and over, I'm just going to create a video, I'm going to record my answer. And then the next engineer that I talked to, like when we're having a conversation about why we need to make certain decisions, if they don't understand the basics of the finance related to this topic, I can just send them to the video. And when I started doing that, like that really started, you know, building a brand within the company that I worked for, which allowed my career to move faster. Also, whenever I had meetings with non-accountants and non-finance people, if they had seen the video already, they walk in with a level of basic understanding so we could take the conversations and the meetings even further. 
And, and if I had the chance to go back, I would say, man, I probably would have done more content and building more influence because it made my job a lot easier when I started building influence. I love that. I love the idea of creating some content or some pre-meeting homework for whoever you're meeting with a video to watch take a look at this here's a little bit of context of what we might talk about so when they come to that meeting they're already asking higher level questions and the, the conversation the relationship is so much more advanced from the get-go absolutely i mean because i think that you and you really dig into the the, the meat of whatever it is we're doing in, in, you know, in a corporation or an organization whether it's a non-profit or a for-profit you know when you really think about the discussions that happen in those meetings, a lot of times you're rehashing stuff that maybe one person missed from the last meeting, or maybe this side conversation happened. So you got to spend time getting people all caught up to where you don't really get into the most you know useful part of the discussion because you end up running out of time and then people have to run to their next meeting. And so one of the things that I liked about taking that approach is, as you said, is you can give people a little bit of whether it's like a two, three minute homework video of like, hey, here are the highlights and here's what I think we should focus on when we go into the meeting. So when everybody steps into the meeting, everybody is already on the same page and then we can go even further into the discussion to make some really key decisions. Now, Terrell, you're known for your practice that specializes in working with law firms, bookkeeping, CFO, accounting services for them. And it's a conversation that comes up a lot. Do I niche? Do I generalize? If I niche, do I niche? We call it niching here in the UK. Do, do I do it for a, a sector or a specialism of accounting like tax or advisory? What do I do? So just talk to us about that decision you made, which was a brave one, that fork in the road to say, right, we are going all out for law firms. Give us a bit of context there and and how beneficial it's been for you. Yeah, probably like most people, when I started the firm, I was like, hey, whoever will pay me, I'll accept them as a client. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. What's the question? Who? I don't care who you are. <laughs> Just hire me. <laughs> and so when you do that for, we did that for about a year and I realized like, all right, we were hitting a wall because I was like, there's no way for us to scale doing this. We tested a couple of different options to where we looked at whether it was restaurants um, and then we started, you know, really leaning into restaurants and building. And then one of the things that we realized thinking more entrepreneurially is we were like, man, the cash flow cycle of restaurants are like up and down. Well, if we are solely focused on that industry, then our business may go up and down um, with be based on what's happening with them. And so we realized, all right, that's probably not the, the right fit. And then also I looked at, you know, what our staff looked like and what their capabilities were. And I'm like, well, we didn't really have the staff structure to support a high volume, you know, type industry like restaurants. So we looked at other things like with manufacturing and, you know, with manufacturing, you know, that was my background prior to starting my firm. And I was like, well, the nature of that, typically they're going to get to a point where they need to bring that role in-house because there are going to be some very constant discussions that need to happen about decisions. And I'm like, as an outsourced firm, that wasn't what we wanted to set up. So I started doing some consulting with a couple of law firms and I realized like, I understand their problem. We have the staffing structure to be able to support it. And we can also keep up with the cadence of when they need to have discussions, when they need updates. And plus, I mean, a law firm operates very similar to an accounting firm. 
And then also a very important one that I always tell, you know, other accounting firm owners is that they're profitable business so they can afford our services. So I'm like that by looking at all of that, we realize, hey, you know, this is a good, this is a good area. And then I think the final thing, you know, thinking more like the entrepreneur on the marketing side, a lot of law firms know each other, whether they're part of associations or whether they're part of, you know, coaching and business development programs. So it would be a lot easier to get introduced into the community of lawyers once you met a couple. And that's exactly how it's panned out for us is that we met one lawyer, this lawyer introduced us to this person and this one introduced us to this person. And like now um, I sit within the American Bar Association, which is the American Bar Association is like, you know, what the AICPA is for like CPAs here in the US, that's what the American Bar Association is to lawyers. And so I sit on the law firm finance committee and they asked me to help create finance content for them. And which like I said, it put me in front of like 30,000 other law firms to really study what problems they have. And as we started getting deeper with the industry, um, and then in September, they asked me, hey, can you be the chair of the law firm finance committee? <laughs> so I was just like, okay, all right, this is our niche, guys. Like, <laughs> This is where we need to focus. Like all the stars have aligned. This is where we need to focus. And you don't build that respect and that reputation by being a generalist, do you? You've gone deep with the legal world and they've then seen your credibility, your authority and come to you and said, hey, can you do this for us? And can you represent us here? And can you do this? And more and more exposure to your ideal target clients. Absolutely. And, and that's one of the, the pain points that because I spent a lot of time on the marketing side of what we were doing is figuring out how do we get our messaging to connect with people? And what I realized is when you're focused as a generalist, like you're, you're trying to speak to everyone, which means no one listens. <laughs> and, and it's something that I talked to several marketers and it's one of the joys of having a podcast is I could interview a lot of people. And I'd interview the CEOs of several marketing agencies. And one of the consistent things that I picked up is, hey, you have to get clear about who you are talking to. And so one of the things that I always tell other accounting firms, like, even if you want to be, let's say if you don't know a specific industry, is at least niche now on a problem that you want to solve. Whereas in your marketing or your content, talk about the specific problem or the specific problems that you want to solve and let the, the use case be the niche that you focus on if you don't have a particular industry. Because if you're trying to solve everybody's accounting problems, very few people are actually going to pay attention to you and lend you credibility. Obviously, once you started growing, you needed to increase headcount, resource capacity. How did you figure out how to staff your firm, Terrell? Yeah, so that was probably a very painful process of just getting to okay. that point. Of, <laughs> getting to that point of realizing like, hey, we're growing, but I don't have the capacity to do all this myself. Um and even having to have some uncomfortable conversations with some clients about, you know, miss some delivery on some deadlines. And I had to really take an honest look and say, this is because you have too much work for you to do by yourself. That's why you missed the deadline. And, you know, having to mend that relationship. And for me, I was just like, all right, I am not, I'm not going to keep doing this. Like we're, we're going to have to invest the money to grow. Um, and so 
we actually started off creatively because I was I interviewed another accounting firm on one of my podcasts and he was just telling me about he was using staff in the Philippines and and after the recording I'd asked them how the experience was and um you know how much capacity that created and he told me he was like his team had some extra capacity and the entrepreneurial brain in me was like hey I got some extra work um can we strike a deal um and get your team to help you know with some of the client work and so we did that for about six months and on the front end what I told him is I was like I'm not ready to hire overseas because I just wasn't familiar with the process. But if I could work with your team to develop out a process to figure out some things like that could help me get there. Plus, hey, I'll pay you a fair rate. And um, the relationship, I was like, will be ongoing. And so we're still working with that firm today of using like some of their staff. Plus, it gave me a chance to stress test my processes, fix some things. So, you know, Eight months later, when we hired our first, you know, staff in the Philippines, we already had a framework for that person to step into because we had been testing it and building it for the last six months with his team. And so now we've just continued to expand that to where, you know, we have um, three bookkeepers in the Philippines and a senior accountant. And then we have some contract relations with a CPA here in the U.S. that we can do leverage for like reviews or kind of high level or technical accounting reviews. And so that's the way we've kind of really looked at expanding. And probably in the next year, we'll look to start hiring talent here in the U.S. Um, because we're just growing in different time zones so much. Well, I've just been talking to a bookkeeping recruitment firm, Terrell. So if you need to hire some resource in the US, then we can definitely help you out there. I'm intrigued about your, your global profile. How have you used social media and content to build your firm and your reputation on an international scale? Yeah, so we started our business in 2020. So April of 2020. That's a good time to start. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and the timing wasn't, that wasn't my original timing. Cause like at the time, like the last role I had, I was the director of FPNA for a tech company. And, you know, I talked to my, you know, the C CFO and CEO about, you know, me wanting to take a step back to build my own firm. And we had that conversation in December, but we were in the middle of raising capital. And so they asked me to stay on to help them get through that, that process. So we finally got through it, you know, March 25th. So March 30th was my last day. So April 1st of 2020 is when I started my firm. And we immediately went to social media because we couldn't go to events and we couldn't get out, meet people face to face. So we leverage, you know, LinkedIn, we leverage Facebook, we leverage YouTube to really start speaking to different audiences. And at first, I didn't really put myself out there as this thought leader. What we really did is I said, you know, what, I'm coming into this and I want to get a lot of research because I know that since a lot of people are at home, a lot of people want to share their story or they want to get their message out there. So I started a podcast called the Business Talk Library, where I sat down with business owners and I would talk with them and help share their story about their business journey, what they were doing. And after doing about 195 interviews in eight months, 
Um, it really started to pick up to where we had people from all around the world that were tuning into the podcast or and different guests from different places. And so that's what really started a, a global presence. And then when the world opened back up, you know, we started doing some traveling and getting back out there to different events. And, and you and I, we met and in London at the Accountex conference. So just getting out there, being visible in the global market, plus staying visible on LinkedIn is really what led to such a global brand. The strategy for survival is visibility. As a mentor once told me, you, you're right. You got on a plane, Terrell. And you got yourself here to Accountex at the Excel Arena in London. It's one of the biggest events in the world. And we interviewed you live there. But you were putting yourself out there. You weren't being a well-kept secret, which is what a lot of accountants tend to do. And I've noticed with your content, you stay very heavily involved in it. Obviously, you're a personality. You're an outgoing guy. You're a force of nature. Uh, you, you're strong on gender. You're strong on race you're outspoken, you get really involved in your own content, don't you? You don't outsource that so much. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, if you're going to be authentic in your message, um, it's like no one can authentically be you, but you. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, I think that, you know, for me, it's really, you know, keeping a pulse on what's happening in, you know, conversations, what's, how are people responding to different subject matters, and, and really just giving it, being able to get out there and be a voice on topics that, you know, some people aren't willing to talk about, or some people don't want to talk about, or just listening to what people are saying, and sometimes maybe not necessarily being the person who shows up to say, hey, here are my thoughts of just even sharing like, hey, here are some thoughts that I am hearing and just being a person who's a conversation starter. And even like with our, our team of, of really developing some strategies around, hey, the back end stuff, whether it's the editing, the subtitling, we have a, a team member that does that. And, you know, you, leveraging some tools to post the content and stuff. But a lot of times, like on my personal profile, like I'm still writing the text of the post because I'm out there having these active conversations with people. And then also on social media, I'm reading a lot of the comments in other people's posts because I want to stay on top of, hey, what's on people's minds? Like, you know, what are some of the topics that people are trying to think through and trying to navigate? And then, okay, let's make a video on that topic or let's talk about that subject matter. And, and I think what it does, it allows us to stay very relevant. Now, I will say before starting this journey, I didn't realize that there was that much homework to be done, but there, <laughs> there is a lot of homework required to stay relevant to what matters to the audiences that you're trying to speak to what excites you most about you call it an industry we call it a profession here in the uk uh, but what excites you most about the cpa world and what's coming up over the next few years one of the things that really excites me is that you know non-accountants non-cpas are starting to wake up and realize i can't really run this business or this organization on pure intuition like I actually need the data to help me navigate the decisions that I need to make. And as we're starting to wake up in that world where, you know, over the past couple of years, you've seen a heightened focus on like data analytics and data scientists. And I mean, it's, it's really statistics of a business nature is kind of what I like to call it. 
it's just, you know, really making it more applicable to, you know, how we're running the businesses. And one of the things that I tell people is that, you know, accountants are in the perfect position to be the people that pull value out of the data. Because I'm like, that's our entire career has been around, you know, tracking the financial data. And not only just the financial data is we've been looking at the operational data and understanding what's the financial impact. So I'm like, no one has been closer to the data than our profession to where I'm very excited that companies are recognizing, hey, we need to understand the data. We need to look at the data to where it's almost like there's there's been, I envision a boardroom where there's all these decision makers and now all the other executives in the boardroom are looking like, hey, there's a seat called data that has been wide open. Like who's supposed to sit there? And I think the profession, like it's like, hey, it's a great opportunity for us to step into that seat and add value at the, the the table where decisions are made. Brilliant. And many accountants, CPAs, bookkeepers are stepping up. Some of them are not. If you look at the normal distribution curve of adoption, we've got those laggards, uh, those people that are holding back. But hopefully nobody's more relevant than a CPA for businesses these days, and, and they will step into that role. It's been great talking to you today, Terrell. We'll put your contact details in the show notes so people can check out your social profiles and everything else. Let's just finish by asking you what advice you would give to the profession in terms of the journey that you've been on, perhaps any mistakes that you've made, any mistakes that you see accounting firms, accountants making, what would you make sure people out there avoid in order to be successful? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think the biggest thing is probably the way we think about the profession. And for so long, myself, and even as I talk to others is, we didn't really think about our profession as one that's adding value to the front line of the business. Like we look at the sales team and we see the marketing team and what they're doing. But one of the things that, because I didn't look at accounting as hey, a value add, I looked at it as a support function. I hesitated to really step up and really, you know, interact with the sales team, interact with the marketing team. And once I kind of made that mental switch, then I started seeing that, hey, the marketing team needs me to keep track of some things to let them know, hey, are we headed down the right path financially? The sales team, they have been missing the insight from the accounting profession. And so I would definitely, you know, tell anyone in the profession is don't look at accounting as a support function. We are actually a value add function and our value comes from engaging with those who are not in the accounting department and really helping you know shine a light on their blind spots as it pertains to data and finance and numbers because that's a very big role that we play that's really insightful Terrell turner it's been brilliant talking to you today thanks so much for sharing and i've been so passionate about not just your own job but for the accounting bookkeeping finance profession worldwide you're a great advocate for what you're doing thank you so much You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights.